Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the PTBC Podcast. This is Rush here, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Slava. Hey, everyone. So in this episode, we're bringing to you the very first lawyer on the show. He has no shortage of experience, and he is an expert in his work. Let's welcome to the podcast the one and only Prentice Durbin. As an individual who's been practicing law for over a decade, serving as a partner and the co-chair of the business law group at Harper Gray LLP, he has been, he has been able to build his career on helping entrepreneurs at any stage of their business turn their venture into very strong and established businesses, as well as really focus on stimulating creativity and business growth for these clients. Prentice has also worked with the Physiotherapy Association of British Columbia a number of times, helping educate physiotherapists and clinic owners on business law. To learn more about Harper Gray LLP, especially if you're from the West Coast listening in, visit www.harpergray.com, and you'll also be able to find Prentice in the team section of the site. We're very excited to have Prentice here with us today to speak about business law. As we know, this is a very important topic, especially if you want to have a clinic or if you want to open your own business in the physiotherapy space. So without further ado, let's get down to business. Prentice, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate it. We are very excited to have our very first lawyer on the show. And um, we want to give you a little chance to talk a little bit about your journey and what made you become a lawyer and uh, what made you also work with physiotherapists. So do you mind giving us a little bit of a brief overview of that? Not at all. And thanks so much for having me. It's uh, truly and greatly appreciated and uh, happy to be here. Um, so I, as, as you uh, outlined in your, in your welcoming remarks and thank you for those um, I've been practicing law now uh, since about 2004 uh, in British Columbia and uh, my journey's taken me through, uh, you know, a whole bunch of different companies, uh, people, uh, issues, uh, but all within the business law context. And, and that includes, you know, uh, you know, not only physiotherapists, but, but uh, all sorts of businesses. I also spend a lot of time in the technology space because uh, I come from, believe it or not, somewhat of a mining background. And now I find myself uh helping entrepreneurs develop and produce a whole variety of of different widgets that uh, hopefully will make our our world a better place so um you know in in, in the course of doing so uh the widgets ver- vary um and whether that's again you know a technology widget or it's uh physiotherapy or whatever it might be um we we help entrepreneurs and business owners from all aspects of their of their creation and and uh lives through their their journey um that includes you know obviously incorporating their business or their company um hiring their first employee um how how do they how do they own these things and and in the in various professional organizations there might be some uh, you know, ownership constraints or rules or whatever, but we help navigate through and, and, and just get your company set up in a, in the right way so that you can, you know, have peace of mind that 
that it is set up and, and you get on with doing your thing is, as we all know, um, I don't know, we, you know, none of us are medical uh, doctors, for example, um, who do they go to, to, you know, for, for their, their advice and how do they navigate through there? I would hope that they, on a legal front, they would come to a lawyer, much like I would go to a doctor or physio for, um, you know, their, their professional advice. So, um, it's, it's very much, um, an opportunity for us to help out, you know, fellow professionals in our, in our little world here. Um, so over the, uh, you know, past 10 years plus, um, I've, uh, serviced a variety of clients. Um, I've been at Harper Gray now for three and a half years and I co-chair their, uh, our business law group. Uh, and as I said, we, you know, have a, um, variety of clients, uh, that we, uh, help and service on, you know, in some cases day to day and other cases month to month or whatever it may be. We've got a broad practice by, by definition, just because we have, um, you know, a number of lawyers that all work together. And, um, where I'm going with that is we, you know, we, in as much as we incorporate people, we will, um, help them with leases. Uh, employment issues, regulatory advice, um, helping helping the entrepreneur navigate through their day to day issues that might arise. But of course, you know, not them not having the experience or the uh, knowledge to do so. Um, we help them, you know, resolve whatever issues may come come about from time to time. Um, anything else that you that you'd like me to touch on? Yeah, maybe. Um your kind of initial journey leading you to working uh, with physios. I mean, did you, did like a physio company approach you first or did you want to seek out the physiotherapist? How did that relationship really start forming? So, yeah. And uh, this is where you, you find the benefit of having marketing groups. And in this case, we started helping physiotherapists because there was a, a niche that was unexplored at the firm. And so as a firm, we started to um, provide lunch and learn type events. Uh, I, I, actually, I think these were initially meet, uh, morning meetings where we gave physiotherapists an opportunity to come and hear from myself and colleagues um, about whatever issues we could, you know, share. Um, so some of the issues that that were presented at these meetings were uh, corporate issues that I would speak on, uh, employment issues that my employment colleagues would speak on, privacy issues, um, because you know managing. Managing data right now is a really important thing, and maybe we can get into that a little bit later. But you know how to deal with people's personal, private uh, information and protecting it, and what happens if something goes wrong? It gets leaked, it gets stolen, it gets you know infiltrated one way or another. Um, so there were a variety of topics that uh, that Harper Gray would present. Um, and you know, we used to host these things sort of once every two months or something, and we did it for a few years. 
and that was that was really how we got involved with it so uh, from from those uh, meetings came queries questions phone calls interest from the physiotherapy community that uh, that we were able to fulfill and Prentice, thank you for making that summary about how you got started working with the physios. Uh, you mentioned that your expertise lies more on the corporate side of things. So uh, when you're getting involved and getting some of those queries from the physios, was it mostly on the corporate side of things with running a business or was it more uh, related to the personal practice of each physiotherapist individually? Um, yeah, what it, uh, when the queries come to me it's because they want to they want to incorporate they want to rent a space uh, like a physical space to to operate uh, they want to hire some employees they want to they, they really want to get things sort of rolling uh, from a business standpoint so that's where the query comes from it's it's uh, I'd like I'd like to put a corporation together this is what I'm gonna do and uh, how do I go about doing that? And of course, the, the, the answer or the questions that I respond with in, in answering um, their request is, okay, well, um, you know, who's going to own this business? Is it, uh, you know, is it a spouse? Is it, uh, you know, fellow, fellow co-workers? Um, and if, it's, if it is more than one, individual uh what is our relationship going to be and what i mean by that is as 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 much as the sun will rise on that first day there will be rainy days and uh or or blizzard days and how do we deal with how do we deal with the relationship when things go wrong and i think that's really where um uh you know my my advice sort of kicks into gear it's it's about this is great that you want to start a business and it's exciting and it's positive and everybody is on the same page but what happens when things go wrong what happens when your business partner quits gets sick becomes uh difficult to work with or whatever um there has to be a mechanic to to buy the other out or to somehow uh, divorce as a as a as a business partner so that's really where things sort of uh, uh, you know come into place and uh, and and we talk about those issues right from the start when when everything's good it's easy to agree when things are going well it's difficult to agree when things are not going well mm -hmm. that's uh, it's really interesting you brought that up because um, you know this is a question that we've had as well about I want to actually get into that a little bit. This, let's say the partnership goes sour, right? So you're working with the company as a lawyer. And how does that work from your perspective? Are you the company's lawyer or are you each individual's lawyer? Um, or do they have to get their own lawyer at that point? How does that, like, you know, I don't want to get into that negative side of partnership, but how does, how does, that, uh, how does that work? Because it's, it's interesting because you're working with them together at first and then are you working with them separately or... Yeah, sir. So, uh, great question because this is um, <laughs> so maybe not surprisingly, maybe surprisingly, but uh, this issue I deal with almost daily. Um, mm -hmm. So if if a 
if a if an individual comes to me and says, "Hey, I want to start this business," blah blah blah, I say, "Okay, that's great. Here's what's here's the relationship. My client is going to be the company." Okay, and every director of that company, because the company has to have, you know, uh, at least one director, uh, and maybe I should sort of qualify that too. You know, again, I'm practice law in, in British Columbia, and uh, I know you guys are are based in Toronto, but servicing a much broader audience. Law is one of those things and practices that it's it's really based on your your jurisdiction so um thank you for your intro and explaining that i'm an expert in my field i of course like doctors like like anybody we uh in the professional industries they we we practice law um we never hold ourselves out it's one of those sort of funny language descriptors but um uh you know just back back to that it's it's you know, my comments are coming from a bc based practice anyway mm -hmm. when we when we engage i always say okay the company's going to be my client you and your friend and your business partner will be the directors whatever you say to me as a director you know i'm going to have to share that with other directors because they're much as they're as much of an equal party standing wise as you are because you're both directors you both are directors of the same company and i am counsel to the company so as as long as the sun's shining and we're having a good time you know we can sit in a room and and navigate through various issues um it's really in in the startup space it's very uh cost prohibitive to have a perfect you know legal uh framework where each individual and the company have separate legal counsel. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make sense. Like, it, I mean, if you're, if we were all to do it perfectly, each shareholder would have their own lawyer. The company has their own lawyer. We discuss issues, but the fact of the matter is no one has enough time to deal with that in that context. And I representing the company am somewhat of a, uh, I wouldn't say neutral, but I table all the issues and we talk through them and we, and we wander through them. And I will always say, you know, this is your individual issue, you know, should be, um, reviewed by your own lawyer, but your issue is the same issue as the other shareholders. So let's just table it and talk through it. If things go sideways, you know, a year down the road and it's decided that, okay, we have a disagreement. Perhaps one shareholder wants to buy the other shareholder out or the business part, one business partner wants to buy the other business partner out. Um, that's usually when, you know, they would bring in their other lawyer to start navigating through that, you know, partnership divorce. Um, so it's very, it's, 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 uh, really important that everyone has their own independent advice, but practicality sort of dictates how we navigate through those issues. Mm -hmm. Definitely, and uh, Prentice, thank you for elaborating on that. Uh, it was very clear. Um, in terms of, uh, so I understand you were explaining when it's multiple individuals involved in a corporation, 
Could you explain to us how different business structures affect how the lawyer gets involved? So, for example, how would it be involved in a partnership versus a corporation? And, um, for example, or a sole proprietorship? Sure. So, from most simple to more complex is where I'll go. So, the most simple is the sole proprietorship, which is the, the existence of an individual running a business. So for me, I could start a business and just, you know, rent a, uh, rent a space, invite my clients into the space, charge them, but it's all under my name as an individual. And that's a sole proprietorship. I have, you know, unlimited liability. I have unlimited, you know, positive recourse. Like, you know, I, I get to keep all the profits. I, you know, enjoy them. Uh, I'm taxed as an individual. Um, you know, it, it, it's pretty straightforward when you fill out your tax return, you're just filling it out as the sole proprietor. The, the second tier is, I would say, or the second, uh, second mode would be the partnership and a partnership is, is very, it, the law is very similar amongst jurisdictions, but essentially a partnership is defined as two or more persons acting together with a seeking of profit. And it's a very generic definition. It, you do not need an agreement to be in a partnership. You do not need to be, um, incorporated or really anything formal. It really is, it's as simple as two people running a lemonade stand on the street corner. Um, if they are seeking to make money together, it's a partnership. So in that context, of course, that, that varies or, or um, it increases risk. So in the sole proprietorship, that one person is, you know, conducting business, and presented, putting themselves out, uh, providing a business, but also assuming all the risk that's associated with that. In a partnership, you and your partner are doing the same thing. And what the increased risk is, you are relying on your partner to act in the best interests of you. So if that partner was to, for example, enter into a lease that was you know, a huge rent or, or whatever it may be, um, you'll be on the hook for that as the partner, even though you wouldn't have known that that person entered that lease. And so that's where the risk sort of uh, is increased because you'll be, um, you'll be on the hook, you know, building on that example, if that, if your partner went and entered into a lease for a hundred thousand dollars a year and that person died, you as the as their former partner would be on the hook for that lease and so you've got to be really careful with partnerships about how that conducts itself so what often happens in a partnership context is we enter into a partnership agreement that restricts what either one of the partners can do or can hold ourselves out to be or whatever that may be the next tier is the company and the, the, a company is more complex 
typically more expensive to operate, not prohibitively expensive, but the reason that people will incorporate is, um, uh, is usually tax driven. Um, some people like to think that it's liability protection, but that only goes so far. The shareholder of a company is limited in their liability to the amount of the investment that they make in the company. So if I put in $10,000 to purchase shares of a company, by definition, I, uh, uh, a creditor cannot come to me as a shareholder and claim anything more than the $10,000 that I put into the company. And that's the way the liability is limited. But that doesn't, that doesn't actually help the directors or officers because they actually do have personal liability. So I, I often get asked the question, oh, I want to I make myself, you know, airtight on liability. I'm going to, you know, how, Prentice, how do I, how do I protect, protect myself 100% from uh, a patient coming to me and saying that I've done something wrong? And the, the fact of the matter is setting up as a company doesn't protect you there. What it does do is protects your investment but as an individual you're either a director of the company and you've done something you know you may have done something wrong and and that's so you don't have a protection there um as an employee of the company you don't necessarily have a protection there and that's why we have insurance products so even though people seem to think that a, a company will protect you absolutely um it can't, and so we would have uh, insurance policies to, you know, cover some of those uh, issues that might arise. Yeah, um, there's a, definitely a lot of ways that, you know, it seems like we can, as physios, set up our business and get started. Um, so I want to ask you, you know, a question about. Let's say I'm. I want to do two different scenarios for a second. The first one would be, let's say you're a new grad, right? a new grad clinician. You just came out. You want to start your own practice. You want to, you have, you want to rent out a room, a little boutique style uh, business there. The first part would be as this new grad, do you need to be professionally incorporated to start that business? Or can you kind of go through that sole proprietorship route and you're okay without actually doing the professional incorporation? And we recommend that. Um, and then the other side of the coin is now, let's say you want to open up a clinic with multiple individuals in there. How does that work? Now, do we need a certain type of business structure or what do you see as most common for that route? Sure. You know, there's, there's, um, there's all sorts of factors that at play, um, that will guide you through incorporating or not. Mm -hmm. As a, as, a, as a new physio, fresh out of school, it, it, it may not be the right decision to incorporate. And the rationale, it's simply, you know, it might be more money than the individual wants to spend. When, when you create a company, you're actually creating a new person. Uh, obviously, it's not an individual, but uh, in most jurisdictions, um, 
a person is defined as a company, an individual, a trust, partnership, and the like. So most corporate most most corporate law is sort of generated around a company being its own um, uh, entity. And what that translates to um, in a practical sense is that that company now has to file tax returns uh, on an annual basis. That company can enter into a lease. That company can do a whole bunch of things. It's really important that the individual, uh, the physio, understands that they are a physio and they're a director of a company that provides physio services. And this is more on the tax side of things, but you know, the company should be paying its employees. The company should be paying its taxes. The company has to do certain things every year just to show that it, it exists, whether that's filing with the registrar, uh, filing its tax returns, uh, completing its financial statements, whatever it may be. Um, and, and there's an added cost to that. So again, a new physio may not want to incur those uh, costs. Again, a new physio might be just practicing on their own. It's not, they are not, you know, hiring employees or anything. They, they find a space that's got, you know, one or two rooms and they really can manage the whole practice by themselves. You know, do we need a corporation to do that? Again, the only instance of that would be for tax purposes because of a, you know, favorable corporate tax rate or something like that. Uh, claiming expenses, um, you know, whatever it may be. So as the physio business develops and perhaps that new physio is, a, you know, is extremely... Um, uh, sought after has a has a growing business they need more people uh, to provide physiotherapy physio services um, so they go into a whole hiring mode you know that's when it's probably time to think about incorporating the company would actually hire these people to provide the services um, and uh, the company would then pay them so it's 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 um, I find that often is the case that an individual um, wants to incorporate, but maybe for the wrong reasons. Um, they want to incorporate to show, you know, their, you know, their in in worldly terms, you know, they've grown up. Here's my business. I'm incorporated. This is the way we go. Um, but again the incorporation should be based on uh, tax efficiencies, hiring people um, volume. And if, if, if an individual is, is simply going to rent out a room and, and, uh, and practice physiotherapy on their own, uh, it just may not be the right answer. So, you know, again, it's, it's one of those situations where every person's position is, is different uh, just based on their individual uh, net worth, practice style, um, practice ambitions. And so it's, you know, that individual needs to go seek advice from advisors to understand, hey, is incorporating right for me? Or should I stay as a sole proprietorship? 
And uh, Prentice, that reasoning definitely does make sense, uh, examining the reasons why you would go into the business and making sure that legally it all makes sense as well. But we wanted to ask, what's the number one mistake uh, physio business owners or any business owners make when they set up their business from the uh, legal point of view? Hmm. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I'm not sure if it's, it's, uh, a, a mistake necessarily. Um, again, I, I guess, I guess the big mistake that people make and, and or the biggest or the most common that I see is they incorporate, uh, without advice or they get in, they get incorporation advice from, uh, a practitioner and that might be a lawyer. A lot of people, a lot of accountants incorporate companies but they, they get the wrong advice. Um, you know, they, they incorporate, um, you know, again, for the wrong reasons, uh, perhaps the capital structure is not set up correctly. Um, again, if, if they incorporate with a business partner, uh, they don't have a shareholders agreement in place that, that can define, as I said earlier, um, you know, what happens when things go wrong? And so they, the paper's not in place to help the individuals navigate through difficult issues. Um, so that, that's the biggest mistake. It's, it's, it's not, I, I wouldn't say it's incorporating or not. It's more about when we incorporate or if we don't incorporate, you know, have we considered all of the issues? So uh, a plug for my colleagues in the legal profession and accounting professions, but, um, you know, at whatever stage the physio is, is at in terms of their career, if they're thinking about incorporating or even if pre-incorporation where they are, go get some help from the folks that know how to do this stuff because you don't want it to go wrong. And on the side of that is, you know, you, you can't, you get what you pay for. And if someone's going to say, I'll incorporate your company for a hundred dollars, you, you can't like, there's just so many issues that have to be dealt with. Uh, it's going to cost more than a hundred dollars. And, and it, it might be, um, you know, difficult to, to, uh, to make that payment, but you get the right advice, get it set up properly spend a few extra dollars now because it will save you a whole lot of pain and money down the road if things go wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's interesting because I definitely think that that advice component you mentioned is can have a major impact. And that's, I think that's the one thing that's uh, been been tough for a lot of people who are not in that same industry. So for example, you know, if I'm going to talk from the lawyer side, let's say I'm a lawyer and I want to find a good physiotherapist, right? You know, you don't know who's going to be good if you don't know the connection, if you don't have the connections initially, same thing from the other side, uh, being a physio, we don't know who's going to give you the right advice and who's fit for your business and for your needs. Right? So how do you think that as physios, we should be navigating the lawyer uh, world, lawyering world, and finding the the right individual for our business or for our needs. What what are some of the qualities that we need to check off for that individual? Yeah, you know, it's it's like like uh, anything. You know, uh, we invest 
we we invest money with with people we you know uh engage realtors to help us buy and sell our homes um you know how do you find these people um you know typically it's it's all built on trust you know we 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 trust our friend that refers us to uh a realtor we trust our friend or our family member that refers us to you know their physio um and and so from that point you know it really turns to us so now we've been we've been introduced to this person you know do we like them does it sound does it sound like they know what they're doing uh you know do we do we shop around do we talk to some other people i mean the we all know where these what the answers to these questions are it's uh it's just a matter of getting there um the the opportunity um you know with with any of these things whether it's a physio or law or accounting you know we're all in business to make money so you you end up or and to do what we love to do of course but um it's very rare for someone to say oh you know i can't do that i mean unless it's it's really out of their um their comfort zone but uh it it, it can take time and you know what i'd say is that um we're all filing i assume we're all filing our tax returns um when we do so, we're dealing with a professional accountant in most cases. Uh, if we are doing so, you know, that's a good starting point to figure out, oh, do you know someone that can help me set up my business? And again, back to why to incorporate, a lot of it is uh, tax driven. So uh, it's, not a, it's not an isolated conversation to just go find a lawyer and incorporate. It should be, it should be a discussion that you have with your accountant who can help you find the right lawyer who you will interview and, and should get to know. Um, and just, you know, you're, you're trusting these people to um, deal with a big part of what is your life. Uh, and you've got to have that comfort zone. So I wish there was a magic answer to that, you know, look it up in the phone book, but it, it's not that easy. And Francis, the one thing that you mentioned that really hits home is that you have to be comfortable with the individuals that you're working to make sure that you get to know them and that they can be doing the um, right service for you. So could you define potentially uh, two to three points? What should the lawyers be doing for the business exactly um, to help set everything up and make sure that things are running smoothly? The Lawyers should be once once you find that trusted advisor, um, you should feel, um, you know, I guess comfortable or um, comfortable with their advice, or comfortable that they will provide the right advice. And uh, uh, as much as I want to say, you know, listen, but it's 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 more about working together. Um, there are so many factors that play into um, the various components or, or factors of setting up your business. And even though you might be, it might be 
as straightforward as hiring employee, um, there are lots of issues that arise uh, with that. And so a lawyer can draft an agreement, but it's really important that the business owner reads that agreement, understands that agreement, talks through that agreement with the lawyer. Um, the the individual, often what, what might be the case is, I, I get asked all the time, just, just send me an agreement off the shelf um, that is, you know, typical for uh, an employee. And, you know, the truth of the matter is, I can send you a form of agreement, but is it actually applicable in your context? And of course we, we can get the names right. We can get the uh, salary per year right. But you know, there just may be some other issues that, um, that are specific to that individual. And so, uh, you know, read through the agreements, work with your counsel, um, and you'll get uh, a better result when you do so. And uh, in practice, you know, if somebody was looking for um, just to kind of have those little meetings with uh, different lawyers, do lawyers also provide these consult sessions to kind of have that chat? Um, is there a process that you can do a meet and greet with the lawyers? Yeah, so, uh, you know, lawyers will vary in terms of how they deal with this. Um, I, I, many lawyers will, um, you know, they, frankly, they won't talk to you unless you provide them a retainer. Um, some lawyers are happy to have a meet and greet to um, just find out the issues. I mean, personally, I, uh, I like to meet the client um, or the potential client. Uh, even, you know, happy to sit down for 30 minutes or an hour to understand who they are. And as much as I'm, you know, again, seeking to have a client or build my business, um, I also, you know, have, have uh, you know, I, I'm sort of interviewing the client too to see if I want to work with, with and for them. Um, so it, it varies, but you know, it's again, that's sort of a comfort level. You know, some people are more than happy to pay the retainer and engage the lawyer and, and, you know, have that initial meeting and go for it. You know, some of us like to shop around a bit and, uh, like any service, uh, you know, you're, you go get your haircut here, or your haircut there, and you know, you pick your barber of choice. Um, you pick your physio of choice. The physio should pick their lawyer of choice. You know, don't hesitate. It's 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 easy to say it's tougher to do um people don't want typically to you know interview three lawyers for incorporating their company but realistically they should they should talk to them they should figure it out they should work with someone that they like that they trust and that they want to grow with um and uh you know it, personality is uh just as much a factor as as quality advice if you if you uh, like working with the person, that's it, it, that goes a long way. And that's a hundred percent what we notice with our own clients in physiotherapy. If it's an excellent fit together, you can definitely do a lot of uh, mutual growth and come up with uh, mutual goals which you can strive to. 
Uh, and Brent has done an amazing job on this podcast explaining some of the things that are associated with the uh, legal help and some of the things that the lawyers are responsible for when setting up a business. Um, in regards to that growth, um, what is the one book that really made a difference in your professional journey um, into um, legal background or in business in general? I, I wish I had a book to point towards, but I don't have a book. I have a team and, uh, and that team has had uh, former members and current members. And I, I really do look at it as a, um, you know, my, the book you asked for is my team, my colleagues, uh, my friends, um, and, and I'm not just talking about other lawyers, I'm talking about uh, my support staff and my paralegals, my partners. It's, it, it really is, um, it's a, it's said earlier, you know, we, we practice law and every day there's, uh, there's something that comes up and you need to uh, rely on your teammates to help you navigate through some issues. And, uh, and so it's a, it's a very much more of an anecdotal book than it is a physical paper and print book. Do you have any uh, resources that you'd recommend for physiotherapists that, um, or any healthcare professional that could consult for uh, uh, legal issues or anything related to law? Um, you know, it, it's, uh, uh, I, I think that although there are, um, uh, you know, there, there are a variety of sources out there. There's, um, you know, I, I think that depending on uh, where the physiotherapist is, there's going to be all sorts of factors that uh, will play into it. You know, so the starting the starting point is as dry as it is. Um, you know, certainly in, when thinking about incorporating is, um, is, is commentary around the statutes. Um, you know, typically the physiotherapists and the, and, and the organizations will have some, some guidelines. Um, don't hesitate to go to um, your sort of that, that local governing body because they will have all sorts of resources to get you started. Um, you know, there, there's nothing uh, specific and, and region by region, uh, things will vary a little bit. So it, it's, it's really important to, you know, start on, you know, your physiotherapist website, start on, start with the advisors and uh, um, the, the call centers that may be available to you in your region, and then go from there. Um, Again, another another great resource is um, is your accountant because ultimately this is going to affect you personally, tax wise, uh, when when incorporating and running a business. And so it's important to understand what those factors are. And it's it's um, you know it's a little bit old school, but pick up the phone. You know, it's uh, I think that's really the best starting point. And uh, those are definitely some great resources. And you can definitely pose as a resource as well for some of the uh, physiotherapists or health professionals that are seeking the legal advice as well. So Prentice, where can we find you on uh, social media or how is it best to get in touch with you? 
Yeah, delighted to answer answer however many questions and 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 from here, there, and everywhere uh, to help guide um, to guide the the uh, the listeners. Um, the best way to get a hold of me is uh, is by email, uh, and my email is p Durbin, so p is in Peter, d u r b i n at Harper Gray, and that's H-A-R-P-E-R-G-R-E-Y dot com. And uh, have a look at our website, and, and my email's on that website as well. Um, but just send me a note, and we'll set up a time, and, you know, happy to have a uh, conversation and, uh, and see, see where we can go from there. That's amazing. Thank you for that offer. I'm sure that a lot of people... We're on the West Coast looking to open up their own business or looking to open up a practice in physiotherapy. They'll be delighted to have a chat with you. Uh, we wanted to say again, thank you so much for coming. Uh, I know it's a little earlier today for you on the uh, on the West Coast, but uh, we appreciate all the valuable information you brought onto the podcast. It is definitely something that um, we needed to talk about a little bit because you know having that business really involves. A massive team of individuals that are outside of the physiotherapist themselves. So uh, really happy to have you on and uh, share your expertise. Uh, but otherwise, thank you so much. And uh, we hope you have a great day. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.